I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon. It is Tuesday, February 6th. And no, I am not wearing the same shirt I wore yesterday. I just recorded this yesterday. Uh, I hope you're having a great Tuesday. I am traveling today, and unfortunately, because of the traveling schedule that I have, I'm gonna, not going to be able to do a live video. So I wanted to still get a video out to you uh, and still go through Matthew chapter 22 with you all, read through it, share some of my thoughts, uh, hopefully just to jumpstart your own personal study uh, as you are reading through Matthew chapters 21 through 25 this week. Uh, if you were unable to catch yesterday's video or any of the previous videos, you can do that at any time on our Facebook page, or you can go to loveland.church, and you can check out uh, the, the website there. You have all kinds of information about the church that, that meets here in Loveland, as well as the media section up top, where you can find our daily Bible study videos there. Uh, all the previous videos uh, are on that website, as well as uh, some of the previous sermons as well. We've done several sermons already. Uh, throughout this study, I think four now, uh, and so uh, you can catch up on those as well as subscribe to the podcasts that are available uh, for those uh, for the daily Bible study videos as well as the sermons as well. Um, so with that, uh, I hope you uh, find something worthwhile in these videos, and I hope that you're enjoying them. I'm enjoying them because it's really helping me get into the Word a little bit differently than I'm used to. Um, and so that's a challenge, but also very educational as well. Um, so if you find things in these videos at all, just the smallest thing, interesting uh, and intriguing and something that you want to share with others, be sure to hit that share button on the post and share it out to your friends. And when you share it, post uh, when you post it, make sure that you say what it is that you found interesting. Or maybe even just ask a question. Like, what do you think Matthew chapter 22 verses 8 through 9 mean? You know, just start a conversation about it and see see where it leads. You never know. All right, with that said, let's go ahead and get into Matthew chapter 22. So we just left off of, of 21 in which Jesus was, was talking to the Pharisees. He was rebuking them and he was talking to them in parables. And it would appear that this next parable we see, and again Jesus spoke to them, that uh, this parable would be again being be delivered to the Pharisees or the scribes, the religious leaders that were gathered around him. Uh, so again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and has sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. 
And the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So this is a difficult teaching, a difficult one, because again we see from Jesus that there are those that uh, get into the feast and those who do not, and those who are removed from the feast because they are imposters. So uh, these people, the, 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 the latter portion of the people that he invited in, uh, these were people who otherwise didn't belong there, outsiders, um, not ones that would typically be invited to this wedding. Um, except for the fact that they had an invitation from the king because his servants went out into the streets and invited them in. But as the king went out and he went through uh, the guests, meeting and greeting them, he spotted one who was there, but he wasn't wearing the proper attire. Uh, Jesus doesn't specify how he got in, whether he snuck in uh, or he was there by mistake, he just wandered in, uh, or he just brazenly said, I'm going to be here. This is, uh, yeah, there's a party going on. I'm coming in. You can't stop me. Either way, doesn't matter. Uh, he was somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be. Let's think about this. If you are in the Lord's kingdom, which is the church today, if you are a member of the Lord's church, a member of the kingdom of God, you don't really belong there. We, we talked about this on Sunday, about forgiveness and the, the, the debt that had been has been paid for us and the price that has been paid and the, the price that we all owe, the debt that we all owe. You see, the church is where all the saints are. The holy ones of God, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2 says. No one is a member of the church. No one is a part of the Lord's kingdom today based on their own works, their own merit, their own uh, wealth, health, strength, beauty, wit, or charm. I mean, look at me. <laughs> because none of these things, none of these worldly things can do anything to overcome the debt that we owe for sin. The only reason that we are allowed in, and the only reason that we are here, is because of the Lord's invitation. Without that invitation, no one is authorized to enter. And no one will be allowed to enter or stay unless they have been authorized to do so. Of course, that authorization is provided in Christ. The invitation is given through Christ and made possible in Christ, in his blood, in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection of which one partakes of and becomes a part of, they become in Christ through baptism, through repentance and baptism and obedience to the commands of Christ. But if you don't belong, even if you think, eh, I belong here. I don't have to do all that other stuff. I don't need the proper authorization to be here. I'll just sneak in. I'm good to go. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Just like you can't go into an unauthorized area of an airport and say, eh, it's warmer in here, there's more comfortable seats, it, it doesn't matter, it's fine. Wrong. You're going to get thrown out, you're probably going to get arrested. Verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. The Pharisees are fed up. They have... Jesus has just hit them with parable after parable after parable of truth. 
and they don't like what they're hearing, and so they're done. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true, and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, okay, again, they're trying to trap him, Jesus said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and go and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled. And they left him and went away. So Jesus' teaching set in. Uh, well, we were trying to trap him, but he makes actually a pretty good point. Because really, at the heart of things, the Jews didn't want to pay the tax. Because they... They wanted to be free, and they didn't like having to pay the tax. Um, and God, and, and Jesus says, you know, that's, that's Caesar's face on that money. It's his money. So if it belongs to him, give it to him. But your life, everything that you have, everything that you are, and everything that you will be belongs to God. So give it to God. So we have the Pharisees, and we have their disciples, and the Herodians that came to Jesus, challenging him here, and now we see the Sadducees getting in on the fun. Oh, where'd we go? There we go. The same day, Sadducees came to him, who, who say that there is no resurrection. They didn't believe in, the, in, in a physical resurrection of the body at any time. That was one of their, their holdings. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. So to the second and third, down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, if the sev of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So, the resurrection, I, th I think what the Pharisees are understanding of what a resurrection would be or, or the, the lack of resurrection is that it would be a physical resurrection into a physical world in which things just happen the way they normally happen in the world. But Jesus says that's not the case. The resurrection is going to be physical, but it's going to be heavenly and spiritual. It's going to be something that's done in heaven and, and the marriage, thing, that none of that is necessary. Because remember, the institution of marriage, as we talked about earlier, uh, you know, the, the, the institution of marriage that, that God provided was for man um, in the physical form because of the physical um, uh, part of marriage. Uh, is it uh, Micah? I think it's Micah that says that God desires um, godly offspring. That's why he unites man and woman in marriage is because he desires godly offspring. And you go back to the garden. Man and woman get together. They have children. They procreate. They are there to fill the fill the world with godly offspring. But in heaven, 
godly offspring's all there. There's no need for marriage. There's no need for any of that. Um, one other thing I wanted to go back to, I, I, I glanced over it. Um, I lost lost my train of thought here, but I wanted to I wanted to point out one thing here real quick, um, and then we'll we'll go to the last portion of, of chapter twenty one or twenty two here. Um, but when Jesus says um, in verse seven, the king was angry after uh, he had sent his servants out and said, you know, come come to the wedding feast, come to the wedding feast. The first group is killed. He does it again. The second group is killed. Um, or I'm sorry, the first group is ignored. The second group, you know, they get killed, etc. Um, so the seventh, in, in the seventh verse, he says, the king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore and invite the others on the main roads, as many as you can find. I wonder, as I was reading through this just now, I wonder if there's not a prophetic um, tone to verse seven. Uh, of what would happen in 70 AD when the Romans would come and destroy the city. I feel like there's a, pro- a prophetic uh, angle to what, what Jesus is saying in this parable in, in verse 7 because they uh, paid no attention and they killed his servants. Because that's exactly what happens. Something interesting to think about. Sorry, I, I had that in my head and I forgot to mention it. Um, so sorry to, to de, uh, derail there a little bit. Let's get back down here to verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard uh, that he had silenced even the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, one of the scribes, asked Jesus a question to test him. So we have a group of Pharisees together. One of them is a scribe. Many of the scribes were part of the Pharisee party. Uh, and so he asks Jesus this question. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Being a lawyer, being a scribe, rewriting the law day after day, he knows what the greatest commandment is. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So it would seem as though Jesus passed that test. But the Pharisees were still gathered all together, and so Jesus takes this opportunity to ask them a question, saying in verse 42, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? This is a really important teaching and something um, that I think um, a lot of people, especially those of the Jewish faith, um, need to hear this teaching, because I think this is an important teaching to help them understand exactly who the Messiah is truly is. And that, again, that's the whole point of the book of Matthew, is to show Jews, uh, the Jewish audience that Matthew is writing to, that um, that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. He was the one promised, and this is him. And so this teaching from Jesus here is an important element to that, and I think it's one we maybe glean over a little bit too much, but I think it's important for us to kind of store in that mental Rolodex of ours. So, Jesus asked them a question, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, how is it then that David, in the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, and this is quoted from uh, uh, Psalm 110, verse 1, go there, uh, yeah. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That is Psalm 110, verse 1. So he says, David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him, the Messiah, 
the Christ, Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And Jesus said, If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. <laughs> uh, this is this is Jesus's mic drop moment. Clearly, because he made a point and he made a statement, and he made them look a little silly, really, in the fact that uh, he was dead on, and there's no argument that they could bring to that because he was absolutely right. But nonetheless, they still wanted to get rid of him. They still didn't believe. What about you? Do you believe? Are you willing to live your life worthy of the invitation that he has offered up to be received into the kingdom of God? And to do so, to live according to that invitation in the way that you dress, in the way that you talk, in the way that you handle yourself, in, in, in your attitude? I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope this has helped boost your study a little bit as you are going through the reading this week. Again, we're reading Matthew chapters 21 through 25 this week. And I hope and I pray that uh, that uh, things will line up to where I can be live with you tomorrow at some point uh, and share uh, the word from Matthew chapter 23 as we continue this reading live from New York City. Uh, and uh, if you wouldn't mind, please pray for, for my safety uh, while we're out there and uh, my family as, as we're apart uh, and uh, for, for safe travel uh, to and from uh, my destination there as well. If there's anything that I can pray about for you uh, or if the church can assist you in any way, uh, you can always leave a comment in the comment section down below. You can also message us privately here on our Facebook page or you can email us directly at info at loveland.church. We want to be there to assist you in any way we can, and if we can pray for you, we want to do that as well. I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Have a blessed day, and I hope to see you all tomorrow. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Mansion, mansion, robe and a crown. Please reserve my mansion, mansion, roll, roll.